The fiasco that is Qatar's beer laws. We get bitter about the most important IPAs in America. Awkward Thanksgiving conversations? We've got a beer for that. This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer, and it's a special treat for our loyal listeners. All of you, every single one of you, gets a free beer advent calendar, or at least the audio version thereof. Uh, It's December 1st as we record this, so uh, your first beer is the uh, audio of uh, the uh, Anchor Christmas beer. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman, and I forgot it's Anchor Christmas beer season. It is Anchor Christmas. How did you forget it's Anchor Christmas? It's Christmas. it is Christmas beer season. Ergo, it's Anchor Christmas beer season. It's... Well, I just forgot about the Anchor Christmas beer. It is Prairie Christmas beer season. It is all the Christmas beer seasons. You're I, you are getting a bit of... Fe- you're getting, getting a little festive over there as well, if I do believe. Yes, I'm drinking Prairie Christmas Bomb, one of my favorite beers that Prairie makes. And how is it? Give us a sousson. Give us a, you know... A, a... Because uh, it's a it's their imperial spit out with baking spice, am I right? Yep. I was going to say, it's nice, it's roasty, it's rich. You get that spice towards the back end, but it finishes kind of dry. So you're not lingering around a ton with it. It's not overly sweet. It is the perfect beer to leave out for Santa so he can get blackout drunk and Rudolph has to take him home. Which isn't very important this time of year. You know, always... Remember, kids, uh, uh, always leave a beer out for Santa. He appreciates that a lot more than fucking milk and cookies. Um, Yeah. This is nice. Uh, So I... Now, he does appreciate milk and cookies. Yeah, but that's... But that's... Then you have the possibility of ending up with yet another little brother and sister, and that's the last thing we need around Christmas. (laughs) Uh. <laughs> um, I was reading the description of the uh, Anchor Christmas beer. They, I forget what the name of this obscure Italian uh, liqueur was, but that it was, or more like an ap- like a aperitif or something or uh, something like that, um, um, or a digest a digestif, something with an eef at the end. It, there's a lot of eefing at the end of a, a meal uh, around this yeah, time a, of year. A um, digestif, yes. But uh, um, it's a, some kind of it, it, the this this year's was modeled on some sort of obscure uh, uh, Italian booze. Let's just say that. Um, and the uh, it's it's actually very, it's excellent. It's a, like a, a orange bitter herbal aroma. Hmm. Got a really nice malt backbone. Uh, uh, a touch of a touch of caramel, bready malt, and then yeah, like. Yeah, uh, the hops add like a pininess, but there's also a a I guess it's it's hard to define. It's a touch of licorice, a touch of uh, orange peel, a touch of like spice, a touch of like it, it's you know it, it, everything's very subtle but present. It's it's a nice flavorful holiday beer. I dig it. Nice. Also, my wife just texted me uh, and was like, "You can't say retarded." And I was like, <laughs> she's like, it's 2022, babe. And I was like, when did I say that? And she goes, when you were screaming the headlines, uh, she's in the other room right now. And I was like, I didn't just scream the headline. 
that in the headlines. And she goes, yeah, you said Sutton Sutton retarded beer laws. And I was like, no, I said Qatar's beer laws. Hey, I like the I, I like the fact that uh, your wife is um, is monitoring your discourse at the door. <laughs> Second, she's given the baby a bath in the bathroom, like three doors down. So the fact she heard me. <laughs> I mean, you famously got a note shoved under the door that read something along the lines of, "Are you having a stroke, Jesus?" <laughs> <laughs> and it was in fancy handwriting too. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna, if you're going to, uh, 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 if you're going to inquire as to whether your uh, husband is uh, uh, actively having a stroke in the next room, uh, I, I, I do believe some, uh, uh, some, some fancy script is absolutely necessary. See, I don't. I think if you're genuinely concerned, you should be writing quickly. To make sure whether you need to come in or not, so I'm not just fucking laying dead on the floor. I mean, you were still screaming at the time, so I, if if the room had gone silent, then she would just bust in. <laughs> Fair then, enough. Then the blood vessel would have officially popped, and that's how Tyler died, having a fucking aneurysm about beer on a podcast. And Yeah, <laughs> With damn fucking smoothie sours. <laughs> and speaking of which, uh, Tyler, do you want to kick us off today? Yeah. So since it is World Cup time, because World Cup! the host cut, I don't give a the the host country uh, bribed their way into getting it, and uh, because there is slander, there is no evidence except for all the circumstances pointing to the contrary that that is true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And the, since maybe, the fact that they have, maybe like, FIFA, maybe FIFA just just wanted to change it up a bit and said we've ha- we've 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 had too many tournaments uh, in places with pleasant weather with uh, gracious hosts. We would like to try it in a place and a fucking- stadiums not built by people having their human rights violated. Right. Well, actually, I think that's actually par for the course. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but. We would like to try holding our tournament in a blast furnace with a bunch of religious zealots uh, who don't let us have fun. Let's give that a shot. Yeah, and uh, because it is a blast furnace in the normal summer months, we have to move it to November, December, so our players don't die. Uh, Well, Budweiser... The workers, on the the other hand, that was fine. Yeah, no one cares about them, apparently. Uh, Budweiser, uh, which is FIFA's alcohol sponsor, it is the Budweiser is the official beer of the FIFA World Cup. So you know they forked over a fat check to make sure they had those rights. But Qatar is a predominantly Muslim country uh, that does not really approve the sale of alcohol, and Qatari officials announced that the sale of alcohol would be banned just days before the tournament began when AB InBev had all the Budweiser already canned, packaged, ready to go, and were then told, nope, you know that big sponsorship check you sold, you you gave us? Uh, Yeah, you can't sell anything here. I Uh, mean, 
it, listen, I, I personally was as shocked as anybody else. If you can't trust uh, uh, power-mad religious dictators to keep their word, who can you trust? You can trust the corporations. Of course you can. That's why Pepsi gave that one kid a jet in the 90s, right? <laughs> did they Did they really? <laughs> they did uh, not I give him finished... a jet. They did not give him a Harrier jet. <laughs> <laughs> they should have. No. Uh, <laughs> no, they should have. They were in the wrong. Uh, he did what they said. Pay up, motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, so it was a huge upset because it had been kind of said the whole time leading up to this, there won't be any sale of alcohol inside the stadium. There'll be basically like sale of alcohol in the parking lots for an hour before and an hour after the game. Uh, so you have to run, every game. You got to run in, drink your weight in beer, go, uh, go into the stadium, punch some fools for, for uh, however long a soccer match takes, I think what like it's like five days, right? And then come no, back that's out. That's tennis. That's okay. tennis. I don't watch soccer. I'm American. It's 40, two forty-five minute halves with uh, uh, thirty-minute halftime, so it's about two hours. Okay. Uh, still quicker than a baseball game. Um. <laughs> so is watching flies fuck. Uh. But, so they were absolutely shocked and tweeted out, well, this is awkward, from their official <laughs> Budweiser Weiser Twitter, uh, following FIFA's announcement. Um, they then deleted that tweet and tweeted out a new tweet that says, new day, new tweet, winning country gets the buds. Who will get them? And it's a picture of a warehouse full of all the pallets of beer that were meant for the spectators at the World Cup. I mean, you know what? I First of all, the, the original one was perfect because uh, it, it wasn't inflammatory. I think that... <laughs> I think that perfectly captures the spirit of a of a major corporation showing up to a game. It's the it's 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 the like the major world event equivalent of that uh, of you showing up to you know to a party only to find out that oh yeah it's actually for so and so and they don't drink in fact uh... or showing up to your in laws house for Thanksgiving and they forget to bring the wine and there's like two blue moons in the fridge and you're only the only one drinking yeah that's the yeah but if you showed up to that with like three cases of Budweiser uh uh so the only place fans are really going to be able to drink is the FIFA Fan Festival, which only takes place at night, and there are restrictions on how much people are able to purchase there. Um, and so it's really kind of just this like awkward tension between AB InBev and the FIFA World Cup. And Jeremy, you got a little more on the Qatar alcohol... Well laws right well um i mean since strange and stupid beer laws are kind of our thing i did happen across this uh uh article um about uh about what it's like 
for your uh, for for your average imbiber who has to live in Qatar. Um, uh, and specifically, it's about because while while as you mentioned, Qatar is a, mostly a dry country. Um, there is one place um, outside of the major uh, international hotels. Uh, there is one place where you can buy both Budweiser and bacon, provided you have money and actually not even just enough money to provide to actually buy said product. You just need money in general. This actually comes from uh, uh, iNews by uh, Evan Bartlett. Um, uh, so, yeah, as you kind of hit upon, uh, booze is illegal, as is pork, because as uh, both of which are, are oh. prohibited by Islamic law. Uh, but I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I can drink beer and eat swine. Uh, <laughs> but like any good religion worth its obscene wealth, it fleeces from the pockets of the most devout. There is always a workaround. And if living near a completely different set of religious fanatics for most of my life has taught me something, it's this. If you have enough money, they will have a vision. And such is the story of the Qatar. Look at you, the Mormon church. <laughs> I was going to leave that as subtext, but thank you, Tyler. <laughs> the, such is the story of the Qatar Distribution Company, known by its fans as the QDC. Uh, the QDC is not new. Uh, if you are a booze-loving infidel working the oil and gas fields in this country, then uh, the QDC, if you'll excuse the comparison, is your mecca. Uh, it is the only place I'm going to hell in many different religions for this story today. <laughs> this is where, like, half your paycheck goes, man. It is the only place... Well, actually, no, and I'll get to... And I'll, and I'll explain why in a second. It is the only place you can legally purchase both booze and pork products. And I want to linger on that second detail for a while. Inside of, is in what is essentially a very nice-looking liquor store that I think any American would sort of kind of recognize. There is a pork shop. Just pork. Um, that sounds like <laughs> half the Midwest like liquor shops. Which actually, like built into a butcher shop. <laughs> which makes total, complete sense to me. Even if This is how I imagine Wisconsin is. <laughs> You're not far off. Well, and cheese. There would be there would be sausages and cheese at the liquor store. Um, but even if the if, even if never mind the booze. Even if their one restriction in guitar was like, if I went there and someone said, "Welcome to our country," uh, just be aware because of our religion, pork is illegal here. My response would be, "Well, not a, that is the only thing I want. I now have a sudden <laughs> craving for a bacon bacon explosion." Normally, the idea of that artery-clogging monstrosity is enough to make me a little bit sick, but now that you're telling me I cannot have it, I want it. I want it now, and I will pay any amount of money to get it. It's a heart, it's heart attack cafe time, motherfuckers. Let's do this. You're like, I'm jonesing for a Wendy's Baconator. I will do blow off that little redhead to get it. I will literally suck the blood out of a pig right now. That is the, that is how much I now want it. Uh, but aside uh, from being able to buy a, a su suicidal amount of pork, uh, here's what else is available. Of course, Budweiser. Uh, you can purchase a 24 rack of the King of Beers for just a little over $70. Oh. Yep, that's almost $3 a can. Basically, this entire shitty country runs on music festival pricing. 
But Fire festival. <laughs> but it's not just a place where people drive up a pickup truck, fill it with their their American swill, and head back out to the desert. Although that is a thing that happens. Um, there's also selections for the more discerning customer. Here's something interesting. Goose Island's IPA goes for the same price of a 24-pack uh, as Budweiser. Which, what the figgity fuck? Why would you even mess with Budweiser then? Yeah, if you're struggling to get booze in this godforsaken hellhole, uh, might as well just get totally torqued. I mean, Goose Island IPA is not my favorite, but it's fucking better than Budweiser. And at the very least, it's higher ABV. And actually, for just shy of $50, you can get a 24-pack of Bishop's Finger, which is a British ESB. uh, Because they don't have the truck across the entire, uh, uh, across an ocean and a continent. Meanwhile, though... And through military camps. uh, Meanwhile, however, a case of Guinness will set you back nearly 80 bucks. Now, but here's the part that confused me. Delirium tremens. Um, in what I assume is a cork and caged 750 milliliter format, that you can purchase at this store for about four bucks a bottle. And that's about... Even if it's the 375 bottle, that's the best deal. It's an 8% fucking Belgian beer. It didn't mention the size. It just said, it just says you can buy Delirium tremens for a, for a $4 bottle. Now... Now, Delirium comes in 16-ounce cans and the 750-milliliter bottles. It might come in like the, the smaller bottles. But even yeah. but even if it is the, the, the not the 750, even if it is the 375, that's still a screaming, it's four bucks a bottle versus three dollars for Budweiser. Yeah, and you're getting the same amount of beer, but twice the alcohol. And it's But it's not just beer. You can get wine, a decent Merlot will set you about back about 20 bucks. Uh, a liter of vodka runs about 35 and then of course it goes all over the place from there um i have i have complete faith that if you went there and wanted a high end scotch and have the money they are more than capable of helping you part with that money in 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 service of a really really nice bottle of scotch they do make uh they they do uh they did mention that they carry special specialty products for their quote most loyal customers which is to say, the motherfuckers with all the money. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you might be asking yourself, if I find myself there, uh, um, how do I experience this tiny slice of heaven in, in this oven-baked religious hellhole? Um, well, as you can guess, there are a few restrictions. Um, number one, uh, you have to be a, a, uh, a, a resident um, so, so I have to have a proxy to get pork. Oh, it gets worse from that. So you have to. So this is this is for uh, residents who uh, who will be the who will be there for at least three months. Um, anything you buy there has to be taken to a house, a private residence. It cannot be taken to a hotel. That's fine. Uh, uh, you know all the all the hotels stash plenty of booze for their uh, for their travelers. Like I said, they'll have a vision. Um, but what would, you know, I mean, there's the other point, because what would be the point in blatant religious hypocrisy if everyone got to participate? In order to purchase at the QDC, you need to have a special permit. In order to even be considered for the permit, you have to make 
3,000 Qatari Rials a month, which translates roughly into about 800 bucks a month. That's got to be your monthly paycheck, which is, that's good news. You know, that means you and I, I believe we're good, right? We could drink. Yeah. That's That's the matter. It does, however, exclude almost all the migrant workers that they brought to build the stadiums, which, listen... If there's anybody that deserves a beer, it's a Bangladeshi laborer that just finished a 12-hour shift working construction in 120-degree heat. But 12-hour shift? Bump those numbers up. <laughs> you know what? It's important that the poor people know their place. You don't want... Th- you're, and, you're, and you're right, because they just finished a 16-hour shift. You don't want any beer after that because you need to wake up in, like, four hours to begin your next shift. Yep. That's... that's <laughs> it's, it's just important that you know your place. Not only that... But the company you work for has to okay the permit. There's a Damn. And there's, of course, a, a small administration fee. That's about $40 the first year, but it goes up every year after that, topping out, I think, at $100 a year for the fourth year. And for that, you get a license that allows you to spend up to, and not past, a quarter of your income on pork and booze. So, those are rookie numbers. Uh, so, I, I ran the numbers. Assuming that you're an American making the minimum amount required, this allows you to buy not quite three 24 packs of Bud or Goose Island a month. And that's, and that's the, if you bought no pork. That's if you bought no pork. That's, that's only if you took, that's if you earn 800 a month and you took the quarter you're allowed to go. To buy your beer. So you don't even get three beers so, a day. I was going to say, so call it two cases and some bacon, and you get two beers a day. And some bacon. Maybe a couple of del- maybe a couple of bottles of Delirium Tremens for the weekends, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, for celebratory occasions. But, listen... If you're gonna, if if the, the at this point in time, the booze is medicinal. All right, it's not. It, this is not about flavor. This is about getting fucked up and fast. So you're probably just gonna go with the Rotgut vodka. That translates into just shy of six bottles of vodka a month. Which there still you go. no, it's it's still not. I consider. I I thought about it going. But a liter is no, still not going to do it. I can, I, I can clear, I, I can clear half a liter of a uh, of, of vodka on a good night. I can clear it. I can clear an entire uh, vodka on a bad night. Yeah, the mo- <laughs> more bang for your buck. Uh, if I would have thought about this and had more foresight, I would have reached out to the former Edge sales rep who went over for some of the World Cup games and asked him how it was trying to get he went over a for some beer. Of, he went over for some of the World Cup and got back? Oh, yeah. Wow, oh, that was a quick trip. So he went over for the first two USA games. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. So. Um, I mean, I imagine that at that point in time, you're like, there is there is no beer. But um, uh, anyway, the moral of the story is if you're going to be stuck in Qatar... It's better to be rich, which is basically true for literally any country in the world. Yeah, or just don't go to Qatar. That's probably the the even better moral of the story is uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably uh, enjoy the boozy booze. Stay away from that place. It's 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 worse than Salt Lake City. It's worse than Idaho (laughs) Falls. 
It's worse than Pennsylvania. <laughs> Tyler, what is up next? <laughs> well, we're going to do a little trip down memory lane. Qatar, worse than Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. Or actually, let's spin this. Let's spin that to a positive. Pennsylvania, we just got you. We just brought, gave you your new uh, uh, a slogan. Pencil, never mind. Never mind. You know, whatever your slogan. Pennsylvania, we're better than Qatar. <laughs> uh, let's take a trip down memory lane. Uh, looking at the brewery that never dies, <laughs> and it's Green Flash Brewing, which if you. Flashback, fucking five you, years ago you, you to twenty seventeen. On didn't you? Flashback. You. <laughs> oh no! It just kind of flowed naturally. I didn't even. <laughs> if you flashback to twenty seventeen, so a measly five years ago, Green Flash was a bustling craft brewery. It was in the Brewers Association's fifty largest craft breweries. Just opened a new headquarters on the East Coast in Virginia Beach, uh, was founded in 2002, was just growing, got a solid pace, had was making a huge push to go national, and then 2018 hit, and uh, basically stopped them in their tracks, leading to a massive contraction. Um, it became confusing who Green Flash owned, not to mention Alp who owned Green Flash, not to mention Alpine Beer. Uh, they saw subsequent rebranding attempts, a contraction of their markets that they served, and then filed for bankruptcy, but still were selling beer. And then last year I was down in San Diego and I sent Jeremy a picture at a liquor store of Green Flash and I was like, I thought they were dead. And he said, so did I. And then I almost bought a six pack, but decided I'd actually buy good beer. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and then we covered the we we I kept, I was just flipping through to see if I could find where we uh, went in this in greater detail. I can't find oh green flashback and an ode to the dog uh, uh, episode number ninety one from February eighteenth. Yep, because uh, Green Flash was acquired by Sweetwater Brewing and their overlords. Cannabis giant Tilray. Um, so now Green Flash is being produced at all Tilray owned facilities, and they've went through yet another rebrand. Um, so the author of Shit, the Pace brands, like I go through toilet paper. Um, quick, uh, <laughs> a quick Tilray. I I've been sort of watching Tilray ever since we started. They popped on our radar as now a beer company, um, and. Uh, what did I say their stock was at uh, last time we did a we did a check? It was down a good amount. I think it was like three something. I'm happy to report they're up to four point one. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> uh, so this article from Jim Varel, um, he decides he's gonna go on a trip down memory lane and taste and do a retaste of the core Green Flash IPAs. Uh, as they exist today. So, he decided to take a look. I'm also really curious if, because Scout Distributing here in town is bringing in Sweetwater. Correct. Will we start getting Green Flash again? I asked uh, that question uh, actually to the owner of Scout, um, and he would neither confirm nor deny it, so... 
Not a lot of help. Not a lot of help. Other than I did my due diligence as a quasi-reporter type human. I asked the question and got a, we'll see. Mm. So, let's start off with the beer that built Green Flash, their West Coast IPA. Uh, what do you remember on the West Coast, Jeremy? Uh, let's see. Um, uh, Beach Boys, bad... Uh, 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 bad shirts and uh, uh, plastic flamingos. Oh, you mean the beer? Um, I thought you just meant the West Coast in general. Uh, um, I said West the <laughs> Green Patch West Coast IPA. You imbecile. <laughs> um, I don't remember much about it. Other, I don't. Yeah, I it was it, it was a completely unremarkable IPA at the time. Like it was, okay, I, it was, it was a, it was a perfectly serviceable West Coast IPA. That's what I was remembering. So I'm glad I'm not the only one. It was just kind of a middle of the road. Yeah, that was a good IPA. I remembered it being around seven, which the article says it was seven dope for a while. It got reformatted to an 8.1. Uh, and they said it's very reminiscent. The current Green Flash West Coast IPA is very reminiscent of how it used to be. Uh, describes it as a pours nice with a nice creamy head of foam, features an appealing nose of pine needles, mild resin, and bright citrus, particularly of grapefruit and lemon zest. Uh, on the palate, this one features toasted bread crust and Moderate malty sweetness along with moderate to high bitterness, which about checks out from what I remember. Uh, all in all, this one is well-balanced, fairly drinkable, although the bitterness here might seem strong to those who have been reared primarily on Hazy IPA the last five years. Fuck you, Haze Bros. That's what <laughs> I remember. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, and then he brought in the Green Flash Hazy West Coast IPA, which when I saw that, I was like, how can you have a Hazy West Coast IPA? I mean, I've, there was some other brewery that did that. I want to say it was, it was Pelican. Uh, Pelican had something branded, something along the lines of Hazy West Coast, which, all right, let's do this. But. That's like having an imperial pale ale. I mean, or 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 a strong pale. Yes, I'm no, I'm a I'm aware, and don't get me started. Uh, but uh, said this one, notably lighter, uh, hazy, but it does preserve some of the elements of the original malt profile, a, and you get a lot of orange florals and dank notes. Uh, but some black tea maltiness coming through. Hmm. Black tea. Now, black tea I usually associate with more with hops. That's uh, what a, I thought. It's a strange. That's a strange comment on the maltiness. Although I guess I guess when combined with some of the bready malt, I can kind of see that. Yeah. I uh, when I heard black tea, I was immediately thought Idaho Seven hops. Right. Right. So. Uh. Which I never had their hazy, so I was like, well, this kind of doesn't take me down memory lane at all. Uh, this one does the Imperial West Coast IPA. 
Again, no w- memory, not a bit. I mean, really, the, the only thing, the, the only thing that I, rem- the only the beers I remember from that that made any sort of impression at me at the time was like the they had like a fruited Blondale that was way too fruity even for the standards of the time, and then of course the Silva Stout, which we got. I was gonna say, so I remember. The West Coast IPA, the Imperial, the Hop Punch. Ooh, Jesus Christ, the Hop Punch. I do remember the Hop Punch, which is a, a, a accurate description of that beer. Where it was like, yeah, six pounds per barrel. Yeah, it was ridiculous. That was like at the tail end and of the... I'll, and I'll never forget, I had a homebrewer go, oh, I did that batch on my five-gallon homebrew system. And I was like, oh, so you used a pound of hops? And he went, no, it was only like a half pound. Why would you say a pound? And I went, well, there's six five-gallon kegs in a barrel of beer. Uh, so six divided by six means one pound per five gallons. So... <laughs> Math. <laughs> and then it was just but, an awkward pause in silence. But here's and the thing. And then he just started talking... About something completely different. But here's the thing. A half a pound of hops is a ridiculous amount of hops if you're adding them to the boil. I have used a half a pound of hops in a uh, five-gallon batch for, like, a a new incarnation of a hazy in, like, dry dry hop and and whirlpool combinations. But that is an obscenely stupid amount to add to the boil, which is what they were, what you're doing at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, dry uh, hopping was a thing, but nothing like what it is now. I think there was a good amount going in the dry hop, but and then of course, like you said, the Silva Stout, which I'm pretty sure Renee is still upset with Green Flash over. I mean, well, he had gotten a hold of them, and they said something about sending him swag or something to make it right, and that was the and last. Never did. <laughs> and I mean, at this point, listen, at this point in time, I mean, trying to. Tr- Trying to track that, them down and get your money back for the silver stout, um, forget it, man. It's gone. But it was a, it was an expensive imperial stout at the time. It was a, at the time it was a twenty dollar bottle, which now is fucking budget. But I mean, keep it. But I mean, think about what like Firestone. The Firestone uh, uh, releases at the time were infinitely better, and they were and fifteen. Correct. And so twenty, twenty dollars. So what I will say is the bottle I bought of Silva Stout, and we all popped together, tasted delicious. It was the bottle Renee got and held <laughs> onto for a couple months that turned out to be dog shit. So the infection w- w- took a little time to set hold, and then they had to do the huge recall, and that was kind of the start of when they did the spiral. Shit was going down, yeah. It and well, shortly after that, um, the green flash all but disappeared from this market, and then they disappeared from this market. Yep. So, but they talk about um, this a little flavor profile on how the imperial goes. It's eight point nine percent, um, with malt tones that have moved. 
Further into the foreground, copious amounts of toasted bread crust, black tea, subtle red fruitiness <laughs> have taken center stage, supported with a slightly vinous ethanol. The hops meanwhile trend more towards grassy and floral, and it's more difficult to pick up the brighter citrus that was present in the flagship IPA. Yeah, I'm trying. I, I I have no memory of. I mean, the the whole thing about uh uh about all of Green Flash's stuff. It was just to me at the time. Even at the time, it was like it's okay. I don't I don't understand the hype. It was good, but it was never great. It was Ballast Point before Ballast Point. Except for Ballast Point was good. Like the, Ballast Point was legitimately good to the point where it made sense to spend a little extra money to get. Uh, I mean, Sculpin at one point in time uh, was was one of the best IPAs out there. Grapefruit Sculpin was, I mean, one of the first. Like, uh, I mean, it it sounds weird, but they were one of the first to combine the grapefruit flavor with uh, with hops in a, you know in in, mm-hmm. in what is now kind of an obvious combination, but. And then the pineapple sculpin, the habanero sculpin. At some point in time, Ballast Point just like said, "Okay, we're just gonna take all of our beers and add shit to them." That's what we do now. Well, that was the trend. I feel when pineapple sculpin came out, every brewery released a pineapple IPA that summer. That's fair. Yeah, and that was what everybody was doing. Like, I don't know. We'll just put pineapple or or grapefruit. Will that will will that cover up all the shit we put in? Yeah. <laughs> So, little stroll down memory lane. I am genuinely curious if we can get them, because I would be interested in retrying those beers to see if I'm still just as disappointed with Ballast Point. <laughs> you're you're t- you're 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 talking a big game. <laughs> Scout Distributing. If you're listening, if you bring in Green Flash, we are going to be totally and utterly meh about it. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna bring some hardcore apathy to that to that uh, 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 to that gr- great release. We're going to we're gonna shrug our shoulders harder than anybody has shrugged before. Hey, I hope I'm wrong and like it comes in and I try it and I'm like, wow, I forgot about this. Like <laughs> there was a reason. <laughs> but I'm not holding my breath. Fair Jeremy, enough. Jeremy, what do we got next? Well, since we were uh, uh, talking uh, IPAs, uh, IPA list news now, uh, because it is that time of the year when every booze magazine starts rolling out their list of the best, influential, most popular, most superstitious, whatever beers in the country. Uh, but this one caught my eye um, it, uh, from Vine Pair. Uh, it came out with their, they came out with their list of the most important IPAs this year. It's by uh, Aaron uh, Goldfarb. Um, I don't know what... I don't know what they meant by important, but I'm going with influential or um, influential or um, or well important. You know, whatever affected whatever was trend setting or yeah yeah um, in the beer culture uh, this year. Um, I'm not going to go down the entire list uh, because there's mo- most of them are kind of what you think, but there is a few I thought were worth pausing and considering for a moment. At number twenty five. Uh, was the Wayfair Cold IPA, the OG. Um, mm-hmm. You know, while it's still up in the air whether or not Cold IPA can withstand the test of time, I think it's worth noting that a beer, that it did start 
a bit of a craze during a time when beer crazes are kind of 2015. Um, mm-hmm. And it does what what other beers have tried and failed at, namely balancing big bitter hop IPA flavor with a crisp drinkability of a lager. Um, and personally, I would still put my money on cold IPA falling into the rear view for no other reason than it's fucking hard to describe to customers. Um, we've, we've turned over this subject enough times, but bottom line, while it's tempting to describe, uh, cold IPA as a rebranding of the IPL, it's not really correct. Um, it's a style in and of itself, but it does what IPL promised, but sort of failed to deliver. Um, I think it belongs higher on the list than 25 out of 25, given the proliferation of cold IPAs that came out after, uh, Wayfarers, but... I didn't get to write the list. I I think twenty five is the right spot because it yes it was the beer that started the trend, but it isn't really thought of as this is like the perfect example of the trend. But if it I mean if if it's not then what is because uh... I don't know but I'm just saying. I mean, there was there was a big I mean, there was a big push by the brewer, and we've talked about this to like plant the flag into that style, going no, 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 no. This is what the style needs to be, and if the style, I mean, if 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 what he brewed was not exemplary of that style, then you know, then Anchor Steam isn't a perfect example of California Common. True, I'm just saying. I think if Wayfair was more widely distributed, then that would have been higher. Fair enough. But Although, I mean, think of it, Wayfair is out of Portland, and it started this style, and we can't get it as seven hours away. But as I'm going to point out later, uh, distribution footprint is not oh, does not always correlate to your place on the list. No, but I think when you're trying to like justify your place based on creating a style, if not everyone's got to try that beer, it's going to be harder to move up the ranks. Fair enough. Um, very next on the list at 24 is Athletic, their IPA, um, which also... The Unstoppable Brewery. It feels like that one should be higher. Athletic did something that I think we would have thought impossible a few years ago. They made a flavorful non-alcoholic beer, a non-alcoholic IPA no less, that tastes, well, pretty much like a beer. Um, and given the, let's face it, the, the kind of uh, uh, um, uh, un, uh, unwarranted hype around non-alcoholics this year, the beer that led the way should be in the top 10, to, for my thinking. Uh, but it makes the list, so that's something. I 100% agree it should be higher. It should be like 15. Um, uh, moving up at 22, um, tying a little bit into what we just talked about, um, a beer resurrected from the dead. I didn't know it existed, uh, but uh, it did. But it, well, it, it died, but it's been recreated, and it looks and sounds slightly different. 
Alpine Brewery, we talked a little bit, you kind of hit upon them, but they were one of the great mm-hmm. IPA powerhouses in, in the early teens up to about, well, the time Green Flash bought them. Um, and their beer was one of the most sought-after brands. Their Nelson IPA was legendary, legendary, not only because it sort of led the way out of the IBU dick measuring competition, um, but they proved that hop flavor matters, especially when using a hop as unique as Nelson Sav. Um, then they were acquired by Green Flash, which, for a brief, wonderful moment, suggested that their beer would be available all over the country, and that was like a minute before their collapse. Uh, Alpine's <laughs> Nelson, though it still exists, apparently, um, allegedly is a former or shadow of its former self, but all is not lost. Shane McKenney, uh, the brewer, the former brewer of Alpine, moved on from that dumpster fire, opened Milkenny Brewing, and created the Munst New Zealand Hop Rye IPA. It still features the New Zealand hop, and in some circles is considered the worthy successor of Alpine's Nelson. Okay. So that one kind of cheered me up. I'm like, oh, Nelson sort of exists in a slightly different form. Uh, We're going to jump to number 18, Two Roads Brewing, Two Juicy Hazy Double IPA. Uh, This makes the list because I heard about this one. uh, um, In some parts of the country, this is like the direct competitor to uh, actually like Sierra Nevada's hazy little thing. It's a hazy that appears in almost every grocery store on the East Coast. But... Because of some unknown alchemy, not only does it make a, is it a nice, smooth, juicy, hazy, but it also allows it to withstand the abuse of grocery store environment and hold up well, uh, you know, under, you know, questionable conditions, under questionable amount of time. Hazies are good, but they're not known for their shelf life. Apparently, this one pulls it off. Nice. Um, and speaking of beer that withstands a lot of shitty abuse, number we're going to jump a little ahead at number 15, the Sweetwater H-A-Z-Y. Flying okay. fucking sucks, especially now. And if you're a craft beer fan, good luck trying to get something that nice to dull the pain. It's like trying to get a Goose Island at Qatar. Um, <laughs> by the way, Goose Island... American Airlines packs that one. JetBlue stocks Sam Adams Wicked Hazy, which, cool, you gotta love an IPA from a brewery that should be legally prohibited from making them. Uh, Sweetwater, however, made this just for Delta flights and formulated it with hops that are supposed to perform the best at high altitude. I don't know if that's true, because it sounds like bullshit. Uh, And from the reports I got, it's not a great beer. But after getting anally probed, scanned, packed into a tuna can while your luggage is set on fire and shipped to a foreign country, I bet it tastes pretty damn good. And let's be honest, who doesn't pre-game a flight? So <laughs> it's not like you're completely sober trying it. Fair enough. Um, Out of the little plastic glass they give you. <laughs> There's a lot of old school legacy IPAs on this list. Um, and I think that kind of reflects a trend of rediscovery over the past year or two at number 14. Dogfish Head 90-Minute IPA. Um, it's an Imperial that hardly tastes like an Imperial anymore. In fact, the article mentions, and I kind of agree, that it might be better categorized as an American strong ale these days. Uh, deep, mm-hmm. rich, fruity malt. Uh, aggressive, piney hot punch. It just goes to show that these heavyweights from the uh, uh, the early teens... Uh, they're, they, they, they still pack a... They still pack a wallop, and, they, uh, and they're... But uh, they're... They're still good. There's still something attractive about them, and people are rediscovering that. 
Um, and actually, one more idea uh, from that same idea. We're at uh, number nine, uh, King Sue from Toppling Goliath. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, a, a beer that's gone from obscure brewery uh, at the top of every Hayes Bros whale list to near national availability without really losing its luster or quality in the process. Still ranks high uh, uh, among most popular hazies with a metric fuck ton of breweries doing a new hazy every fucking week. That's impressive that King Sue still gets still still gets relatively big billing um, uh, from, uh, uh, you know, from the take take uh, uh, the beer rating websites for what they're worth. But still, some respect there. Um, and actually, speaking of hazy, I mostly skipped over the conga line of hazy IPAs from around the country because whoop de fucking mm-hmm. do. Um, it tastes like fucking orange juice. Good job. Um, but I actually did want to mention number seven on the list: Lawson's Fine Liquid sips a sip of sunshine. They accomplish delicious. What, they accomplish what thousands have attempted. Um, uh, there's more than a few people who believe with all their heart, you know, they're the, the, these homebrewers, like they're just going to brew out of their garage. It's going to be so good that the world will hand them all the money and fame. But that's kind of what happened with Lawson's Fine Liquid. And uh, and since they've expanded, uh, they haven't lost much relevance since. It's one of the uh, uh, leading offenders of the we only make IPAs crowd, but worth noticing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did we did a whole episode about it, so I don't feel like we really need to cover uh, uh, cover it in much more detail. But number five, Voodoo Ranger. Um, listen, marketing, power of marketing. I think that's all that needs to be said. <laughs> yep. Uh, numbers two and eight, Pliny the Elder and Bell's Two Hearted, uh, respectively. Uh, both of them regarded as the best, not only the best IPAs, but the best American beers out there. Um, we're talking about like most influential, um, most, uh, you know, as far, as far, most influential on the larger beer culture. I almost want to swap Bell's Two Hearted with Pliny the Elder, Bell's at number two, and Pliny at number eight. Um, not just because Bell's has slightly edged out Pliny on Zymergery's top beer over the past several years, but you're talking about importance. Um, I think we hit, you hit upon this earlier, like footprint does matter. Um, mm-hmm. And Bell's, I mean, not only you think about it, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the two, the, the two are widely regarded as the best uh, IPAs produced. One one distributes to California and a little bit, I think, in Oregon, and Bell's pretty much everywhere but Idaho. Um, <laughs> come to Idaho. We 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 could use another good IPA, I guess. I don't know, um, or don't. Um, it's it's actually it's kind of fun to be able to like, oh my god, they have Bell's Too Hearted. They're like, yeah. So we don't get that. <laughs> I'm. I'm from the hinterlands. Um, but I don't know. I, I when you think when it comes to what is the perfect IPA, uh, um, I think more people have studied under the feet of two hearted rather than Pliny. But I mean, again, uh, both highly high on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, and number one, yes, the time yep. before we get, before, before you get there. 
Oh, I've already read the article, okay. so uh, it's uh, Treehouse's Julius. Uh, top of the list because it seems to be the pinnacle of IPA culture today, which... Um, Actually, having and when and when I was in my in in my travels, I read a uh, 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 read an interesting article that, you know, basically uh, um, I don't remember what it, where it was from. Um, I decided not to do anything with it other than kind of tie it into this. Uh, but uh, uh, why uh, IPA culture is getting such a bad rap these days, um, and you know, ex- besides some of the shit they mentioned, um, namely. I mean, there was a couple of things that were like, oh, oh, for God's sakes, which were like, well, you know, IPA is a product of colonialism. Okay, I get it, Bleeding Heart. Just calm down. You don't have to ruin everything. Um, <laughs> and they're like, well, only like, uh, well, you know, the IPA was uh, like toxic masculinity with their bitterness. Okay, okay, calm down. Uh, <laughs> just not everything has to have subtext. Yeah, I, I get it. Uh, yeah, I'm the worst. Um, but, uh, but where where they where I think they did get it right, um, um, and uh, uh, you know, and you know, Treehouse's Julius, uh, you have to go to one of the brewery locations to even gaze upon what is essentially their flagship IPA. Um, you're gonna have to stand in line, preferably with a Yeti cooler filled with equally but not as but not as equally unattainable hazy IPAs. Uh, so you're gonna sit there and drink uh, hazy IPAs while while posting about it on Instagram, rating all of them on uh, on Untapped. Um, Beer advocate. Now, see, so hazies are more of a, an Untapped phenomenon than ah. beer advocate. Um, I mean, beer advocate still has. We can get out. Oh, we I think we toss this around, but I mean, beer advocate. Uh, it it ha- I don't know. Beer advocate is the is. Uh, it still has this air of pretentiousness about it because you still have to like drink it in front of a computer. There are people who type out the the uh, uh, the descriptions using complete sentences, um, <laughs> and, punctu- and punctuation. Um, some of them have pretty extensive knowledge about beer. Um, it's not uh, uh, got this lager. Don't like lagers too. <laughs> it's not a hazy don't like um uh <laughs> treehouse is the 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 that kind of like ipa culture that is sort of that that makes my teeth hurt um yeah treehouse is julius is kind of the uh the pinnacle of that and in some sense um uh yeah that makes it highly influential um i guess i sort of hearken to uh, uh, I, I want I hope that uh, number four um, uh, 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 rises higher in the list in years going forward. Number four was uh, Sierra Nevada's Celebration. Um, yep, it is. It's a special release. The only fresh hop on the list. Um, it's a special release. It is the only fresh. It's a, it's only the, the only fresh hop. But it's a special release, but it's not. I mean, it's special, but it's not special. It's just a damn good beer. Mm-hmm. And it has been for as long as I've been alive. I didn't know this, but it was first brewed in 1981. As a celebration for the hop farmers at to celebrate the end of the hop harvest. That's why it's always the last fresh hop beer released. Because it's when the last harvest was made that they used those hops. 
actually, I didn't actually know. I, I didn't actually know that, but I, I, I like that little detail too. So, um, yeah, uh, it, make yeah, it was originally brewed for their hop growers to celebrate the end of harvest. And then it, they were like, wow, this beer is delicious. We should really do this more often. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Sierra Nevada's a, a, a celebration for number one. And, um, and, and fuck all hazy IPAs. There I said it. Uh, t- <laughs> Tyler, you got anything else for us? Yeah, so uh, saw an article uh, from The Takeout by uh, Jesse Valencia talking about the best beers for every awkward Thanksgiving conversation. Oh, there are so and many. I, and I was like, yeah, we took Thanksgiving off, but this still, like, I feel it's fresh enough in everyone's mind. This is transfer. We, this is transferable. Yeah. I mean, listen, the same asshole who, the same asshole uncle who, uh, who brought an awkward conversation in Thanksgiving, he's going to bring the same awkward conversation for Christmas. Arm yourself. So let's hop into it. Uh, he, the the author did say he reached out to his friend Keith Gambit, the brewmaster from Lord Hobo Brewing in Massachusetts, to offer another layer of professional opinion and moral support. Okay. So, first scenario of the day: the hair of the dog, because the day before Thanksgiving is a holiday known as Drinksgiving, where everyone just gets shitty. Right. Um, I'm familiar. And so he says he recommends a cold ass michelada <laughs> for the next morning with a Mexican lager, uh, which perfect go to hair of the dog. Uh, Gabbit from Lord Hobo prefers a pickle beer mixed with Bloody Mary mix known as the Boston Chilada. Okay. Jeremy, any recommendations? See, here's the thing. I mean, how hungover am I? You went and got blacked out like you were in college still the night before Thanksgiving. So pickle beer is not going to stay down. (laughs) Um, And frankly, in a Bloody Mary mix like a Michelada. See, no, even then, I mean, uh, first of all, I guess I tolerate pickle beers barely at the best of times. And when I'm, when I'm a a hair's breadth away from retching as it is a, a a pickle beer, like any sort of beer is, is going to be tough to get through. But um, if it's um, well, I mean, I would, I guess I would have to go with uh, uh, something that apparently I found out this week is not going to be a thing. I would have to go with the Pabst Blue Ribbon hard coffee. Okay. But apparently it is discontinued. Past Blue Ribbon Uh, Hard Coffee, we hardly knew ye. I mean, hard coffee, it was a dumb idea, but I'm glad you gave it a shot. And actually, it was surprisingly good. It tasted like boozy yoo-hoo. It did. Uh, So, next scenario. Watching bad football and snacking on snacks. Chances are you're going to watch a shitty football game during that day. uh, But you'll be snacking on snacks uh, while everyone's killing time till they start making dinner or while they're cooking dinner. Okay. So the author recommends an American Amber Ale since they're highly crushable medium body beers with nice hop character. Uh, they're basically the Detroit Lions of beer. Uh, <laughs> I like and, that. Uh, oh, I added the Detroit Lions part. Uh, 
And then Gabbit recommends an Amber Lager as opposed to an Amber Ale just for the little bit uh, crisper finish uh, and not as floral. Um, I mean, what I'm thinking, uh, the, 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 the kind of snacks that, uh, um, that you were, that we're talking about, I mean, you're talking about chips and dip and nachos and, and I mean, you're not, not too Meat much and cheese plate, veggie plate. Yeah. Um, I actually think IPA and I think, uh, uh I, I mean, something classic with a g- good amount of bitterness, um, but not all, but not something, uh, um, uh, overly heavy um my i mean my go-to like standard ipa uh, uh at the moment is kind of top cutter um but um i would um i would go with something if if possible i might maybe even something a little bit lighter than that maybe i don't know um help me out here i'm floundering um <laughs> Or maybe, Lighter than top cutter. You know what? Actually, go go to Dale's Pale Ale. I'm going to say Dale's Pale Ale. Okay. I'm going to stick with the Vienna Lager uh, just because I'm like, okay, I've got this cylinder starting to fire after the Michelada. Want to stick? This is a marathon, not a sprint. What about, Let's uh, stick to I, setting lower am I still alcohol. Hung, am I still hung or is all fuck in this scenario? Uh, I don't know. After your initial drink, would you be hungover still i mean yes when i'm when i'm hungover i'm hungover that entire day and uh, the booze just kind of helps smooth out the rough parts the game kicks off at 10 so it's sometime between 10 and noon you're having this beer yeah i'm still nursing all right then uh well in that case i'm nursing whatever happens to be available but yes i guess yeah i think i'm still stick with dale's pale okay Next scenario, catching up with your cousin who's back from his first semester at college. Okay. Uh, The author uh, says he's been drinking plenty of crappy domestic lights for $2 per pitcher in their college town. So let's give him a better beer and go with a hazy IPA. You know, something that resembles a boozy high C. Uh Keith, uh, the Lord Hobo Brewer, says a milkshake IPA because they're for the kids. They're the sweeter <laughs> cousin to the hazy IPA. Uh, I guess I go, I, I go uh, somewhere completely different. I mean, first of all, um, then that kid is not going to school where I went to school because the first thing I... The Jeremy, first... you're a fucking outlier. You're <laughs> the only person who didn't have a shitty beer face. So you you have no weight on this. <laughs> okay, so the, the 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 kid who stumbled in, I go with uh I, I go with an old school uh something something classic old school. I'm gonna say um a uh, a a German Hellas. Oh okay, like recognize- I like that one. Recognizable, but like here's a step up. This is what beer could be if you just you know. Just let it. You pay a little more, similar to what you're already drinking. Yeah. And you know what? I was going to go with a hazy pale, but I think I'm going to stick with your German Hellas. So, uh, next scenario catching up with your other cousin, the ex military conspiracy theorist. <laughs> I was waiting for this one. <laughs> uh, get yourself an English barley wine. Bonus if you can find a local bourbon barrel aged one. Uh, 
And then uh, Gabbett insists that the only thing a true conspiracy theory would drink is homebrew because, well, DIY everything he speaks from experience. (laughs) Um, I mean, you're going to want something boozy. Um, uh, And... And you know what else? You know, you know what you're going to need. You're going to need something that can change the subject immediately. Um, and so you're going to need something that even the most simple, uh, 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 simple-minded you know, person can understand. I'm gonna go with dessert stout. Nope, I'm leaning into this bitch, and I'm going mother of all storms, and leaning into the cue drop. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going with. Like, I'm getting further down that rabbit hole. I'm gonna get them drunk, and I'm gonna be like, "So, did do you remember when Q said there was gonna be the storm? Well, this is the mother of all storms. Does Q work for Pelican Brewing? Yeah, I'm gonna get and a, just watch them spiral. I'm gonna get a chocolate marshmallow, coconut, orange peel, caramel salted monstrosity, and be like. Here, just drink this and die of diabetes. That's what I'm hoping for. Well, strap in for the next scenario. <laughs> Did I? I uh, hope I'm not blowing my uh, uh, my. I need I need pure booze wad too early because it sounds like this is gonna be a long dinner. <laughs> Your uncle needs a hand with cooking while dumping his political opinions on you. Oh, uh, Christ. At the first mention of fake news, best course of action is take a swig from uh, a big imperial stout recommended by both, uh, especially if you can have a bourbon barrel-aged version. I mean, we're at the we're we're at the point where um, where um, uh, where beer is not going to cut it, um, but if. If I have no choice, like, listen, you can have literally any beer in the world, but you have to have a beer. Um, I'm going to go with a, I'm going to go with a, this is where I go with a barley wine or American strong ale. And actually arrogant bastard starts sounding, uh, sounding pretty good because you might as well, I'm already half in the bag. Let's lean into this bitch. Now I'm gonna now, now I'm guns, uh, I'm guns out. Cause I'm like, listen, I've already dealt with the. Sar- S- uh, Sergeant Q drop might <laughs> might as well get disinvited to every family function from here on out. <laughs> uh, the first thing that came in my head was uh, barrel aged Ivan the Terrible. If you have it, hard to get a hold of these days, but that would be a good one too. Uh, or just the booziest barrel aged stout you can get. I mean, again, here that's locally. where I'm like, I'm, I'm, that's where I'm like, all right. I'm past I'm I'm past beer at this point in time. I'm I, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need alcohol. I'm gonna need I I, I need rye whiskey because I need to I need to just like clink. I just need to clink uh, gla- uh, the ice in the glass as he's going on and on going. You done? Okay. Well, at least the next couple we got over the hump. We're starting to coast now. But I'm drunk so, as fuck now. <laughs> sitting next to your aunt, who's still friends with your ex on Facebook. Uh, okay. Uh, and ask you in front of your current partner, uh, how, what your ex is up to these days. Uh, 
the author says, give Auntie a citrus wheat ale. Uh, she'll take a sip and nod and go, ooh, I like this, even though she doesn't like beer. Uh, Gabbett suggests a Rosh beer because he assumed uh, the out-of-touch amp probably still smokes, and what better t- to go with a pack of cigarettes than a smoky lager? <laughs> uh um, I'm gonna go with um, um, I'm going to go with a uh, um, uh, with a heavily fruited uh, dessert sour, um, not for me, uh, for my significant other, um, who who also for the for for, for my my current my my current wife uh, my wife does not like beer but she does like some of them I like how I already like I'm sort of <laughs> I'm gonna fuck this up so let's uh, uh let's uh, no um. Um, no, I think, uh, yeah, heavy fruited dessert sour for her. Like, let's just get through this. And, um, yeah, another barley wine for me. <laughs> I was thinking, uh, framboise for the ant. Just sudden, super so sweet, fruity, be like, here you go. Yep. Oh, yeah. It tastes like juice. There you go. It's, uh, it's interesting that our paths next? our paths crossed uh, in the middle of this dinner because while I was with the with uh, 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 Sergeant Dumbshit um, was like we gotta we we gotta lead we gotta we gotta coast we gotta coast um, I'm already like fuck it burn it all down. <laughs> uh, next scenario, Grandma used to party and don't forget it. Uh. <laughs> Uh, says grandma's taste buds aren't what they used to be, so it's up to you to help her out a little bit. Give her a goza. She might not detect the subtle nuance of coriander and stone fruit in the beer, but the kiss of salt and high effervescence will make her feel like the spicy broad she was back in the day. With a little beer in her system, she may even have some stories to tell. Uh... So, Jeremy, what would you... <laughs> well, mine's very specific because I have a great picture of my grandmother. She doesn't really... Again, she doesn't really drink beer. Um, but I have a great picture of her during a trip to Germany. Um, of her shit-faced next to a beer that's larger than she is with this stupid grin on her face. Um, I've already used up uh, uh, German Hellas, so I'm going to go with Fest beer. Oh, there you go. You know, I was thinking uh, Sutton along uh, the Zwickel line, so similar to the Hellas, but just that unfiltered German lager. Fair enough. Let Granny just turn it up. Uh, Next up scenario, family has left, and it's time for second dinner. Uh, The author prefers a Schwarzbier, where Gabbett is a wee heavy well, so actually, my uh, my ritual after like uh, one of the big holiday dinners um, is actually absinthe. Um, I find that of course you fucking twat. <laughs> but failing that, um, uh, if uh, that's not actually, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna turn back to the beer I just finished the uh, uh, the uh, the uh, the anchor uh, Christmas beer. Yeah, I, I think. I'm not a twat for liking absinthe. What's wrong with you? You kind of are. Uh, <laughs> I 
Do you not? What, you know, what's wrong with absinthe? What is wrong with? Let's. We're going to have this out right now. It's just pompous and douchey. Uh, <laughs> but it's delicious, and it helps settle the stomach. It's also like concentrated booze. What part? Where? What? What part of your douchey college uh, uh, frat boy doesn't appreciate that? Uh, well, so what I would do is I <laughs> gotcha. Uh, is I would either stick with the Schwartz beer because I do love a nice dark lager, or I think, like you said, go with the Anchor Christmas to kick off the next holiday and start pre-gaming for when I have to deal with my family again. <laughs> it's like, it's gonna... And also, if I uh, after this after this many beers, I'm also already on my lips, so it probably doesn't matter. <laughs> Might as well just pop open the Miller Light and start hanging the beer in the mints. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, well, that is all the scenarios. So remember, we gave you a playbook for when you have to deal with family at Christmas. Use it. Don't say we never didn't give you anything. Uh, 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 anyway, uh, um, uh, uh, this has been It's All Beer. Um, if you uh, want to get a hold of us, uh, you can find, we put up uh, the stories that we use to make this uh, on Twitter. Um, it's still there, apparently. Um, it's kind of cute. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I post I, I post pictures of what we're drinking and uh, an, an odd uh, bits here and there on an Instagram feed when I can be buggered, which is not a lot, but you know. Um, which go on, which also goes on Facebook fa- feed, a Facebook, uh, we can find out where we put up, uh, new episodes, uh, and under, uh, other random shit, like, I don't know, when Tyler's drunk at a beer festival, that happens sometimes, um, yep, uh, you want to get a hold of us, I'll let you, uh, let us know that you tried all of our, uh, uh, all of our beers at your Thanksgiving, uh, dinner, and you are now wanted in three counties, um, let us know uh, that it's all beer at gmail.com. Um, and while you're on the lamb, uh, leave us a rating, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> one to five stars, depending on, uh, on, on, on how many stars of <laughs> wanted you are <laughs> in the, uh, I guess you go into the, uh, uh, grand theft auto sense of that. Um, or I was going to say, uh, one star for every crime against nature you uh, committed while uh, following our advice. Uh, <laughs> or one star off. I don't know how to re- how to really uh, uh, judge that. But whichever you know one gives us a better rating. What are, you you do you you do you you do what you feel is right. Um, and then if you are if you are being chased by the cops for doing what you felt was right, don't do that anymore. Anyway, probably <laughs> quite enough from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm gonna have a beer. Have fun. 